Gracious Lord, take our hands this morning. Lead us on in your way. Father, open your word to us that we may hear your truth. That we may walk the path of joy and peace in this life. Father, there are so many who are struggling. There are so many, Father, whose lives are overwhelmed by darkness. So many, Father, who have an artificial joy and happiness. But deep down inside, they know that something is missing. And that something is you, Father. We pray this morning that we would lean on you, on your everlasting arms that that can support us. Nothing else in life can support us or be our foundation except you, O Lord. And so in praise to you, we sing, uh, Father, trusting in your everlasting promises. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Follow me in the prayer of guidance. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. And your word is proclaimed. We may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. I'll be reading from Daniel three fourteen through 28. And it's on page 822 in the Pew Bible. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, and tara musical ensemble to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, Well and good, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into the furnace of fire. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that his face was distorted. He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than was customary and ordered some of the strongest guards in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace so that the men were bound, still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, and other garments. And they were thrown into the furnace by bla- of the blazing fire because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was so overheated that the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. 
he said to his counselors, Was it not three men that we threw bound into the far? They answered the king, True, O king, you he replied, But I see four men unbound walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the fourth has the appearance of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the set traps, the prefects, and the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. The hair of their heads was not shinned, their tunics were not harmed, and not even the smell of fire came from them. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They obeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve, worship any other except their own God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Steve. You'll have to get overtime pay on that one. That was a that was a longer <laughs> scripture there. There's two things the scripture readers dread. It's the long long reading or the uh, uh, reading with all the uh, uh, unpronounceable names. So so thank you for that. Uh, we're looking at three men uh, this morning and. Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I learned a song when I was a kid, and it talks about them as Hebrew children. Actually, by the time this happens, uh, they were young men when they first came into Babylon, into the courts. But it's like 20 years after they've come, and that's sort of important to hang on to, uh, the idea that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, aren't just uh, 18-year-olds at this point, but uh, they are men who have been forged by life and uh, by all the things that they have been taught. So we're going to look at them for a moment. How many of y'all, when I was a kid, I, I, I've mentioned this to some of y'all, I learned a song about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Vacation Bible School. And we'd sing it every year. It didn't matter what the theme was. We were going to sing this song every year because especially the boys loved it because we could really yell loud on the thing. Does anybody remember a song about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I will give you $5 if, if anybody would join me up here and sing that song with me. Okay. <laughs> I Googled it, and there are songs, there's vacation Bible schools about them and all too, but uh, they're slow and they're, they're no good. Uh, but, uh, but this song was a real lively one. There's also a big band song, like from the 40s, you know, the age of the big bands, about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It's pretty cool. It, it's, it's got this, it, the name just, you know, those names just kind of flow together, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And so, uh, anyways, but my song went like this, and this is the power... And this also plays into what we're looking at this morning about these, these three, three men. What you learn as a child has tremendous impact on you. I can, remember, uh, you know, I can remember things from my childhood. I can't remember things from two minutes ago. Uh, I have to write down things quick or I'm going to forget them quick. And uh, so Lydia just gets a stream of texts from me of just various things because all of a sudden it comes to me. I text her real quick. Oh, they fixed the street light out there in front of the house. 
or uh, I actually was able to get the sweet potatoes to cook right, and they tasted great. You know, I, I just comments, just random, because I'm going to forget to mention these things to her. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the song went like this. Uh, I won't sing it, but these are the words. Uh, o Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hebrew children of long, long ago, the king told the people to build a pit and to lock the children up in it. They heaped on fire and brimstone too, and all the people came to view. But God sent an angel to the pit. The children did not burn a bit. Oh, Shad, Rack, Meshach, that's where the boys got into it. <laughs> Meshach, Abednego, Hebrew children of long, long ago. It's, it's a great little song, and it teaches you the story. The only thing in it, it talks about them as if they were little children, but they are adult men. They've, they've been through their childhood. And, and one of the things about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's so important for us to remember in terms of this, uh, we're looking at Camp Overlook, sending kids there uh, to Camp Overlook this summer. What you learn when you're young sticks with you. And that's what uh, this story proves to us. They have been taken by King uh, Nebuchadnezzar along with Israel, has been captured, and they're taken into the Babylonian captivity. And uh, one of the things that uh, Nebuchadnezzar did, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, is what most every regime that captures a people does. You begin a brainwashing period. You try to enculturate the people into your culture. And so your idea is that if you can get the Israelis, the the Hebrew people, to adopt your gods, your style of dressing, your your, uh, uh, diet, uh, what you eat, uh, then if you can just do that, pretty soon uh, they will not be in a rebellious state. They will not resent you. Uh, This place will become your home. In fact, we we see this... uh, uh, and the children of Israel, when they leave Egypt after being in slavery there and mistreated, we see this uh, when they're in the wilderness. Why did we leave Egypt? Wow, you know, we, we had some food every day. We knew where our food was coming from. Yes, we were slaves, but at least we had security and a roof over our heads. And so one of the things Nebuchadnezzar does is he gets all these young men uh, at a young age, brings them into his courts to train them. So they look for the finest children who seem to have the best potential. They bring them into his royal courts, and they change their names. They're changing their identity. So uh, our, uh, in the e-tower this week, in the email that went out, the question was, what were the original names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? So I'm not going to give them to you because that would give you the answer. But, uh, but they had Hebrew names. And each of those names, interestingly enough, if you, if you were to translate their Hebrew names, what the name, names meant, they all were in praise of God. Uh, God is almighty. God is eternal. God, that's what their names meant. So now they've got uh, Babylonian names. And those names all are in worship to the Babylonian gods. So this... Brainwashing, uh, trying to get them to uh, be enculturated into the Babylonian culture goes on, and it's about 20 years after they have first come into the courts that what we're going to look at this morning happens, this, this uh, being thrown into that fiery pit. By the way, all this is in the book of Daniel. Daniel is another young man who is taken in with them. Later on, you will remember, he's thrown into a pit with what? Some, into a den with lions. And believe it or not, at that point, he's got to be, I'm looking at the timelines, uh, when I was looking at the timelines this week, he has to be around 60 years old. 
So it's been many years since he was a young man first brought into Nebuchadnezzar's courts. Uh, but uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after all these years of being taught how to be a Babylonian, when they come to this point in the story, they have uh, uh, still have a strength of faith in God that cannot be turned by the culture, cannot be turned by... Uh, by a change in their religious beliefs. And that's what's being asked of them here. So let's just go back into what uh, uh, Steve just read. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. That's 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. That's, that's a big statue. That's a big idol. And it would, be, it would have been clad, coated in gold. And, there, and, and, and he says to all the people, as a proclamation go out, that everybody will have to bow to this. He sends it out to the, uh, to the prefects and governors and advisors and treasurers, judges and magistrates. And now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel are all magistrates. They all have been given power over different regions. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego happen to have been given uh, power uh, to rule in the Babylonian, in the capital region there. So they are there uh, close by with Nebuchadnezzar. It says, so the word goes out to all the rulers uh, that they are to assemble for the dedication uh, of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And so they stood before it. So we don't see just a crowd of common people, but we see all the, all the important people of the royal court have been assembled, including Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down in worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So the command is very clear. If you don't bow down, if you don't worship this idol, you'll be thrown into the furnace. Now what happens is not everybody in the courts liked, liked the Hebrews. They didn't like the Hebrew uh, uh, children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they came into the court. They don't like them 20 years later. Should that surprise us? You know, we feel in a world, we, we live in a world that a few thousand years later after this takes place, we still have prejudices. We still have resentments. We still judge people by their uh, origin of nationality or by their color, uh, by the accent that they speak with, whatever it is. And the same thing is true back then. There's a, a song from the 60s or early 70s that talks about, you know, the buyers and the sellers were no different fellers than what we, I profess to be, talking about the buyers and the sellers in the uh, courts of the temple when Jesus went in and threw them over. Anybody remember that song? It was a top 40 song. Uh, uh, put your hand in the hand of the man. Calm, stilled the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man. Okay, now some of y'all are getting that. And the buyers and the sellers were no different fellers than what I profess to be. And it causes me shame to know we're not the people we should be, okay? Saying that, you go back 2,000 years, well, here you're going back more than 2,000 years, and things haven't changed. So these people in the courts, they don't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're jealous of them that they have been given this power, even though they're not of Babylonian descent. And so they go and tell the king, and they say, you know those, those uh, Hebrews didn't bow down. 
Those young men did not bow down. Nebuchadnezzar calls them to him, and he asks them if this is true, and he gives them a second chance. They can still bow down if they will only bow down to the idol. And then the response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is, listen, we know this, that if you throw us into that pit, into that fire, that our God may save us. He can do whatever he wants to do. And this is an interesting little twist to this. And then they say, but if he chooses not to, still we will not bow down. If he chooses not to. Now I hear a lot of people when they're making choices about things in life, and choices as whether to follow God or not, the choice is based sort of on, well, if God would just do this for me, then I will worship God and praise God. But if God fails to answer my prayers, well, then I've got a gripe. And I've got a problem. And how many people have lost their faith over the years because they prayed for something? It didn't happen the way they prayed. What kind of God is this who doesn't do what I want that God to do? What what kind of God answers to us? What kind of God takes our wisdom and makes it his plan of action? No, they understand that sometimes God has to let things go a certain way. That even, uh, even the captivity of the people in Babylon by God, surely there were many who prayed to God to protect them from the Babylonians and not to, not to be conquered by them, but it happens. And when we see the long range of history, we see all these things happen for a purpose. And in actuality, the Old Testament is all about God working through the people of Israel, both in good times and bad times, times of light and times of darkness, working through them, so that his son can be born into the world. All these things have to happen in a certain way. But God chooses for them that they would live. And King Nebuchadnezzar is, is overwhelmed by this. And he says, let no one speak bad about the, king, about the God of the, of the Israelites. So what do we learn from this? Well, I've just said we learn one thing, and it's that God's will is our ultimate uh, desire. That God's will will be done. And sometimes that doesn't match up with our will. Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does he pray? Father, if it, if it be your will, let this, path, this cup of suffering pass by me. Don't let this happen. But let your will and not mine be done. Folks, I've heard so many people who want to impress their will upon God. They join churches where the church's main emphasis is what? Through the power of prayer, you can have whatever you want. Through the power of prayer, you can get uh, luxury cars, uh, luxury homes, and trophy wives. For the women, you can get men who will sit around and do nothing all day. But uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm just thinking about that. I'm just envisioning you guys (laughs) this evening. You know, so many of us, we've twisted this whole thing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego show us a faith 20 years after their indoctrination begins. 20 years after they're cut off from their people. Somehow, when they were children, what they were taught stayed with them. And they were willing to make choices based upon that firm foundation that they knew. Are we willing to make those sorts of choices to stay with the foundation of God's word and God's will and what we have learned as children. Are we willing to do that? I thank God that years ago, 
Pastor Lyons at that little church would stand up with us boys and yell and scream those names out loud to the point where their names were impressed upon me. And it stayed there for me to remember that as weak as I am, as poor choices as I make, there is a faith and a foundation of faith that can lead me through the toughest times and through the fiery pits if I will but trust in God. About seven years, 700 years after this happens, the early Christians are being persecuted. Remember after the burning of Rome, around 70 A.D., or about uh, 40 years after Jesus has been crucified, the Christians in Rome are being blamed for a fire that burned much of Rome down by Emperor Nero. And it's a historical fact. It's 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 uh, uh, recorded in various uh, by various historians at that time that uh, the Christians that Nero began to uh, hang them to crucify them along the streets of Rome. And then he would, uh, they would coat the bodies in tar and burn them to punish them for a fire that, in actuality, most historians believe was not set by the Christians. They simply uh, were the convenient uh, group to blame. And so Peter writes to them and said, you know, don't be surprised when you have to go through this fiery ordeal. And we believe that Peter was actually in Rome at some point there. Don't be surprised if you can only hold on to your faith. God will bring you through to glory. Some of you this morning may be going through some fiery ordeals, not with literal fire, but your your, your souls uh, may be suffering. Uh, we I know that in this crowd there have to be some people who are going through depression. Some people who have great fears that control their lives. Some people who uh, have uh, family uh, quarrels and divisions and things that, that, that beset them. Uh, some people who are, 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 are the main caregivers in their families and, and they find themselves tired and weary and worn. Trust in the Lord. Lay your cares upon Him. Uh, just yesterday, and I'll end with this, uh, I was having a discussion with somebody about somebody I'm very close to, somebody who for years I have desired that they would come to a faith in Jesus Christ, and they never have. And right now they're going through a really dark time. And I said to the person I was talking to, this is exactly why I wish for them to know Jesus Christ. Because I am weak. I have times when life overwhelms me, It's not easy sitting with someone when they're dying and trying to in some way impart some strength into their faith for what they're facing. There are times as a pastor when it's not easy. But I said, but I know this. I know that every moment of every day I can say to the Lord above, I know you are with me. Give me your strength. And I can feel his peace. And his peace gets me through it. There's nothing more valuable in this world. What you own cannot give you that. But if you allow yourself to be owned by God, you can receive a peace 
and even a joy in this life that can come no other way but through Jesus Christ. I invite you this morning, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to uh, share an invitation to the Lord's table in a moment, but uh, this invitation to the Lord's table doesn't mean anything unless you have accepted Jesus Christ's invitation to be his child, his disciple, to allow him to be your Lord and your Savior, and to be the one who, who you turn to when the fiery flames of life are coming all up around you. By the way, in case you missed it in Steve's reading, and I don't think I've really mentioned the conclusion, what happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They walk out unscathed. They walk out, and Nebuchadnezzar is obviously amazed. But apparently he didn't learn much because it's some years later when he throws Daniel into a lion den. Maybe he thought, well, maybe fire won't do it, but maybe lions will do it this time. And in the same way, Daniel comes out of that lion's den. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, if you read his full story, doesn't learn easily about what's important in life. I pray this morning you will and that your hearts will be with Jesus Christ as you allow him to be your Lord, your Savior, and your Deliverer. Let us pray. Holy Father, we come before you this morning as we come to the table that your Lord Jesus Christ has invited us to. Father, we pray that uh, we will trust in you in all things. Father, we will allow you to be our deliverer. Father, when life is hard, when worries and fears are all around us, that we would turn to you and feel your everlasting arms around us. Know, O Lord, that we are secure in you and in you alone. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And amen. Duffy Daughtery was the coach at Michigan State back in uh, the 50s into the early 70s. He had a field goal kicker he sent out to kick that last second field goal to win the game one time. And uh, he noticed that the field goal kicker, after he kicked the ball, looked right over at the referee. Did not watch the ball, but looked at the referee to signal that it was good. And it was good. And he asked the kicker later, he said, Why were you not watching the ball? Why did you talk to the referee? And he said, because I had forgotten my contact lenses, and I could not see the ball, but I had practiced enough times, I knew it was going to be good. Go forward and trust and obey. Practice that trust and obedience to God each and every day, and you know where your life is going to go. Let us go in his peace, and amen.